Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Keeper. I'm Harris Zachary Duke. I'm joined by special guest Denver this week. Jaden is not here. Introduce yourself, Denver. Hi, I'm Denver. I watch movies. He does. Uh, so this week, we are... You know how we've said... So, Denver doesn't know this because he never listened to this podcast, which is a good choice. Uh, you shouldn't listen to this podcast. But we've said on multiple occasions that we are watching our final Joel Schumacher movie. But we were always wrong. But this one, I can tell you for sure, is the last Joel Schumacher movie. Um, he did Lost Boys. Uh, one was Matthew McConaughey that I can't remember the name of. I think it was like Time to Kill. Uh, Phone Booth. And 12. And that is what we're talking about today. It is 12. Uh, I'm going to tell you what it's about. So basically, this guy, White Mike... He's a drug dealer, and he goes to parties, and people die, and that's it. I'd like to explain more about this movie, but it's so convoluted, and there's so many subplots that it's not very easy to. But basically, he his mom died, uh, so he started dealing drugs, and now things are bad. Can you tell I haven't done this in a while? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's the movie. Denver, what do you think of 12? I mean... When I saw it had 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, I was kind of nervous. I was like, yeah. this is going to be garbage. It wasn't garbage. It just could have been done a lot better. And yeah. there was way too many characters. And this also, is like, a, this is a movie based on a book, and it's, I think it's just it's an example of a terrible way to adapt a book. Yeah, for sure. And the ending kind of just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, that guy just goes off. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, yeah. the the whole plot of this is like the whole structure of it is like it's three or four days of uh, in this guy's life, but it's also everyone else around him. So there's a million characters, and that's the biggest weakness of this movie is you can't tell anyone apart. You don't care about any of the characters because it doesn't give you enough time to, and so things happen, and there's no there's no like tension because none of these characters are established. Like, there's just so many subplots. I think a perfect example of this is the two, like, the two white kids who, who talk like they're trying to, like, apparently in the book, it's more so like this, but they're, like, they're trying to act black. Um, there's just, like, there's three scenes with them, and none of them matter, but they keep trying to make these characters important. Like, there's one where they're just buying, trying to buy beer, and then they can't, and then it just moves on. Like, this movie just doesn't have any coherent structure yeah that was kind of weird too it's narrated so Kiefer narrates this which is a choice (laughs) um it's like it's very much like it's like a book of like he says what the characters are feeling or why the characters are doing what they're doing and um that is not what you're supposed to do in filmmaking (laughs) Yeah, show. show. I think there's some good moments too, like the moment where he's like, he wanted to her. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I got a good laugh out of that one. He's just there's this one character who's like kind of incelly, um, and he and Kiefer's just like, you wanted to her, you wanted to have sex with her, you wanted to hit that, wanted to boink her, wanted to do the little hippy dippy with her. He just like keeps losing off uh, terms for sex, and that was. You know, we haven't seen, uh, I haven't heard him do that in another movie, so credit where credit's due. 
that's new. <laughs> Um, yeah. I just I don't know why this is a Joel Schumacher. Like I don't know why Joel Schumacher directed this movie. Yeah, you I can't don't. Really... I, he has a very confusing career, but the, even within that, this doesn't fit it. Yeah, like it just it's so off. Like it's not what I expected from him at all. No, like it's just weird. It's a crime story that's melodramatic all the time. Yeah, like. Also, fifty. I forgot. Fifty Cent was in this movie. Yeah, that was also what a the weird hell. Thing. <laughs> he's like Mike's. Um, he Mike's connection, and he also deals drugs to people, and it's just Fifty Cent. Like, Literally. excuse me. Like he just plays himself. Only he's yeah. shoot. He's shooting people instead of getting shot. Exactly, and has sex with a sixteen-year-old. Well, almost has sex with a sixteen-year-old. So that was drugs to children too yeah i mean yeah <laughs> yeah also like i know it's called 12 but like the drug is barely in it like you only see like one yeah. person use it ever yeah it's barely like it's it's barely a subplot the one girl she tries it at a party and then she wants to get more but she doesn't have money so she has sex with 50 cent yeah it's, and like White Mike doesn't even sell it. No. <laughs> Which is the weird part. Like, 50 Cent tr- gets, tries to get him to sell it, and he's like, nah, man, I only sell weed. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, this movie's so weird. I just, I don't... It's just so unnecessary. Like, it's trying yeah. so hard to be so many things. Like, it's trying to be shocking. It's trying to be, like, drugs or, like, you know, the evil and stuff. Like, trying to be, like, this big teen... Part, uh, movie, but none of that ever lands. None of it actually works. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there was a lot of potential for like scenes and stuff that they just kind of wasted. Yeah. And also, like Emma Roberts is probably like the most famous person in this movie besides Fifty Cent, and she like yeah. did nothing. Yeah, I was time. gonna say, like maybe it was the writing, but she did not deliver a good performance here yeah no she just kind of she's so she's like the 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 kid friend of of mike and she doesn't know he he deals drugs and then she finds out and she's disappointed but every time she talks it's just it's just cliches and just kind of overacting yeah like you could tell she hadn't like found her place no she just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm a hypocrite because I let this guy hit on me. It's like none of this. I don't care. Yeah, like once again, it's another like... character that they're tr- they they act as though they have made me care about her, but they have not done the work. Yeah, yeah. The way did Mike die in the end? I totally don't even no. remember. Okay. Um, he he got shot at the party. Uh, he got like shot in the chest by Fifty Cent. But then he's yeah. just in the hospital and fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he goes to uh, Nana's. Uh, yeah, oh, I forgot about it. See, this is another thing. Like, the main, I guess the main plot. So the main plot is Char- um, Mike's cousin, Charlie, gets shot by 50 Cent um, when he tries to pull a gun on him, try to, like, steal drugs. Um, and then 50 Cent also kills this other kid who was just there. Um, so then... Uh, Mike finds out this at the end of the movie, and by then the, you've already forgotten about Charlie because he didn't matter to the plot at all. And then, and like in the very last scene, is 
Mike visiting the mom of the other kid who got shot, the bystander. And it's like, and then Kiefer's talking about, you know, sometimes so some mothers lose sons and son, some sons lose mothers. And yeah. it was not anything, but the movie thought it was. Yeah. I, I see what they were going for. It just, yeah, it didn't hit very well. Especially because, yeah. like, this character that, like, Mike, I, as far as I could tell, had no connection to Nana, the guy who got shot. So I mean, why? Yeah, like, his cousin or friend played basketball with him. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and then the whole thing with, like, the his other friend who was being accused of murdering them. That didn't go anywhere. Like, we don't even know what happened to him. Yeah. Like, this movie's ooh. an hour 30 long, and it tries to have, like, a subplots of a two-hour movie, and it can't. Yeah. Like, what did happen to his cousin? Like, he was in, like, the jailhouse, and then, like, his dad called. Is that the last scene with him in it? Yeah, so the, that was the friend. The cousin died... Yeah, yeah, I think was the friend. He, his dad, who was on vacation, was gonna get on a plane. Their attorney showed up, and that was the last we saw of them. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, I guess he's fine. (laughs) Yep. Guess you know. I mean, he's rich and white. It is trying to like. I think the like the underlying current of this is like you know here's a bunch of rich white teens in new york they don't have a real problem so they're you know the the whole the whole like the the line stolen from the book was like this is a world of want nothing no one needs anything here they just want everything yeah um but like i don't i just don't care about them because they're just a bunch of insufferable rich white teens literally like i hated all of them yeah and that's not necessarily a bad thing you can have unlikable characters yeah but they have to have substance yeah and not every character needs to be unlikable yeah like mike i would say mike i i could almost connect to him but like it's just so generic like oh my mom died now i like (laughs) you know my life's so hard it's like okay but i've seen this a million times yeah and like i thought his dad was dead but apparently his dad is just a waiter yeah and his like that was another thing like why why have that? Why have his dad just at the end? Yeah, not throughout the whole thing. Literally, yeah. Also, it definitely suffers from like having adults play teens. I did not realize they were supposed to be like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, I thought they were all like maybe college age. Oh yeah, because in the one scene, he's like, "Oh, you're taking a year off or something." I was like, "Yeah, what? he's that young." I thought he was like forty, <laughs> thirty. Like, I mean, Emma Roberts plays a 16 year old yeah she always that, does. and the only time i only reason i knew she was 16 was because she's like is this a party where a 16 year old can get drunk yeah like sitting there fully adult yeah like you're not fooling anyone roy culkin's in this movie that was is that was that macaulay and kieran's brother yeah i was like thinking because i had like i was thinking about another movie that just came out that has Kieran Culkin, and I'm like, oh, it's Kieran Culkin, and I'm like, no, it isn't, he's not, that's a different movie, and I'm like, wait, that is a Culkin, though. Yeah. He, I don't yeah. think I've seen him in anything else, he was good. Yeah, I thought, 
Yeah, I thought it was Kieran too, and then yeah, he did a good job. You know, it's the Kalkin. He's there. Mm-hmm. He's the They're little the same. <laughs> you know what you're in for. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one of my favorite lines was when she was like, "I call my teacher a lesson or a lesbian or something." Yeah. And I said something about eating pussy and granola. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. That was yeah. When they're like. She's complaining about getting a B. It's like it's, it's she has an album for me because I called her a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault she eats pussy and granola. Yeah, that was something like that. Good line. <laughs> there's some there's some moments. This movie definitely has its moments. Like the, yeah. the drug deal with Andrew who's like buying just buying weed for someone. <laughs> that was funny. He's just like yeah. Yeah, man, I don't really um, have a good day. Good luck with your stuff. <laughs> I I like that, but there's just overall, there's nothing. There's no it's substance. Just, yeah, it just feels pointless. I mean, I guess if we're talking about Kiefer, his narr- narration's pretty strong. Yeah, I th- I mean, he's got a good, like, a really strong voice for that kind of stuff. I think he, I, like, I, Especially like when he does documentaries and stuff, that's it's it's good. It's just there shouldn't be narr- just write a better movie. You didn't need narration for this if you had just written it better. Yeah, like that's such a lazy way to adapt a book. It's to just have someone narrate and like be like, Mike was sad because his mom died several years ago. Mike and uh, Molly had uh, was always in love with Mike. Like. Show me that. This is not a book. This yeah. is a different medium. <laughs> I don't care that you tell me they're in love. They don't look like they're in love. No. Yeah. Uh, but it's well shot, I will say. The stuff with like the flashbacks or the kind of the hallucinations of like the white void and stuff, that looks good. Mm. Yeah, um, that stuff's that. cool, but you know, to be expected. Yeah, a movie like this. Yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely something that if you missed it in theaters, like, you don't need to see it. No, and trust me, it is very hard to see it. You have to go <laughs> very much out of your way <laughs> to watch this movie. It's hard to find. Hard to watch. Hard to get through. I just, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about the other Joel Schumacher movies I've seen specifically for this podcast. That man. Like, just... he just, there's just so much, like, it's just so weird to think this is the same guy who did Lost Boys. Yeah. Like, he makes movies like he hates them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know what? No one, that's like a good way to put it. He's, yeah. <laughs> He was just, yeah. oh, I mean, he was just such a weird dude. Like, and then he, they let him make Phantom of the Opera. So who knows? Yeah. Why did they do that? I mean, he did go on record though, saying he had sex 10,000 times in his life. So you know what? Who am I to judge? Yeah. King. Um, okay. So now's the part of the show where we rate it. Um, on a scale of is it a kefir or not a kefir, and that is that can mean whatever you want it to mean. So, do you think this film is a kefir? I would say no, just because kefir never appears in it. 
And True. like, yeah, I like his voiceover and stuff, but the movie itself is just nothing, nothing yeah. special. So I'd say it's not a keeper. I would be inclined to agree. I think this is the weakest Joel Schumacher that we uh, that I've like seen for this podcast. It's just it's yeah. it's weird, but not in a good way. The care it has too many characters. Cut out a bunch of the characters. Cut down the subplot. Streamline it. Actually, put the effort into making it a movie, and it'd be something at least interesting. But as it stands, it's yeah. too much. Like right now, now, we're moving on to the segments. <laughs> Everyone's favorite segment: taglines. No one needs anything there. It's all about want. Um, a decent tagline sums up the movie. Now we're gonna bully people on Amazon. So if you look in the Discord, there is a link to the Amazon page. The Amazon page. Oh, Amazon. Okay. Reviews. Uh, we're gonna start with one from Harry D. It's a three-star review. Uh, right. this is written entirely in caps, so worth a chance. Reviewed in Canada on January twenty-fifth, twenty eighteen. Slow start, but gets there. Some promising performances, but not by the scriptwriter. Yeah, there, Harry. There aren't. There aren't any performances by the scriptwriter. That's true. Verified. Service as described. You're right, Deborah DeRogier. Thanks, Deborah. <laughs> Man, I mean, you can tell how little anyone cared about this movie. There is hardly any reviews. This one just says perfect. Thanks, Jose. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's we're already in the German ones. <laughs> there's one. It's like here. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna like try and butcher this German, and then you know, you'll look at. Uh, this is from Cameron. Uh, Carmen Uhlenberg. It's a five star review. Titled Twelve. Gut und schnell Ingrentoff. Versprechen Qualität Engelhard, and then it's just the letter X like a million times. So that's good. Where are you seeing that one? <laughs> uh, you gotta go, you gotta get into the weeds. The weeds. Uh, this one's from Brian M. McGuire, a three star review titled Ordinary. Ho hum. You know what, Brian? You said it. Said it, Brian. All reviewers. There's the... This one from... Where did I just see it? Oh, yeah. This one from Barbie Carter. Five stars reviewed in the United Kingdom in 2015 says great DVD. So, it's a great DVD. I think I agree with her. Great DVD. Not necessarily a good movie, but the DVD, you know, <laughs> that DVD, thing, it'll play digital it, videos. Worth it. The DVD. Oh, this thing's only like four bucks. Yeah, it's. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Deanna. Uh, f- four star review. Great movie. The United States on May 4th, 2011. Great movie. Very realistic, yet still so trendy people don't actually get that this is really happening. Definitely check it out. 
I'm the trendy people that don't know that drug deals happen. Honestly, I had no idea. People <laughs> are taking drugs recreationally? <laughs> what? Not not in my America. <laughs> this is this is Biden's America. Uh Hunter Biden's. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was rude. I am so sorry. <laughs> Was it? This is Hunter Biden's America. We're just living in it. Truly, truly are. Uh, I think we'll close out with uh, one from Cliente Amazon. Five star review. Tell five stars. Reviewed in the United Kingdom on July 3rd, 2017. Perfect. Thanks, Jose. I always love when Amazon reviews have their own little sign off. Just feels a lot more personal. It's like, oh, thank you, Jose. Jose. So that is Amazon reviews. Not even an interesting enough movie to have good Amazon reviews. That's the state of this film. Wait. Now we're moving over to the Kiefer News Desk. We've got news about Kiefer Sutherland. We don't. We have tangentially related Kiefer News. Uh, Do you want to dunk on Quibi? You ever uh, dunk on Quibi? Dunk on Quibi? Do you know what Quibi is? You mean that uh, ten-minute platform that failed that everybody was yeah. really excited about, and I was like, "It's gonna fail," and then it failed. Yeah, the thing that Jeffrey Katzenberg invested over a billion dollars in, and it didn't last six months. That uh, is so embarrassing. So this is part of our ongoing coverage of the smoldering remains of Quibi. So uh, as, if you would listen to previous episodes, you may know that. Quibi, the the failed you know short form content streaming service only on mobile. Um, when they when it died, it's fiery death. Uh, I would say slow and painful, but it was six months, uh, in so it wasn't that slow. It was pretty quick. But um, uh, the con- the rights to all the content got bought up by Roku, makers of the set top boxes, for their Roku channel. Uh, and it premiered, a bunch of the stuff premiered uh, back in May, including, and this is why it's relevant, The Fugitive starring Kiefer Sutherland, which we will review at some point. Trust me. Um, that Apparently, according to Roku, now we don't have actual numbers, but this is from thestreamable.com, more people watched Roku Originals content in two weeks than in the entire time Quibi existed. Oh my so, God. How, how, it's going a lot better for this stuff. I mean, good for those guys. Weirdly enough, when you don't charge money for something and you don't put it on some stupid mobile-only platform, more people watch it. Yeah, what a really, like, dumb gimmick. Yeah, it was, I mean, we've been, we, we were saying, like, from the start, like, from our first episode we talked about Quibi, we were saying from the start, this is not gonna, no one's gonna want to do this. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. But they had some decent talent behind some of their stuff. So I'm glad it's now people are able actually to watch it like a human being on a television. Yeah. That's good. So that's key for news. And that's been our episode. It's been a very short one and a bit of a weird one. Uh, and the next few will be bit be weird ones. But stick around. Next, in the next episode, uh, we will be going back into It's a Gamer podcast once more. That's right. We're talking about... Call of Duty World at War, because apparently Kiefer voices a character in that. So come back in two weeks for that. Uh, thank you to Kaya for our fantastic podcast art. You can check out links to her other work in the description. We can also find Kevin McLeod, who created the song Sax Rock and Roll, which is our intro and outro music. 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HAKpod, on Instagram at HAKpodcast. And you can leave us a review on iTunes if you are so inclined. Or you can send us a message on Anchor if you want to create an account and do that. I have been your host, Sarah. I have been Denver, not a host. He's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs>